Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. And absolutely no hard feelings about this one because on the turntable this week, we've got Hard Feelings by Hard Feelings. That's a lot of hard feelings. And Dan, I hope you're feeling dangerous and you haven't been holding on too long because this album is a new release episode. It is, if you are listening to this album on release day, Friday the, remember, remember, the 5th of November, then you must be one of our patrons. Thank you very much. You've got early access. You're welcome. Uh, And obviously, this is also available uh, later on in the week following for everybody. Uh, And we really do want everybody to enjoy this album because Mm. it is a fantastic debut album from a fantastic collaboration project. So yeah, this is Joe Goddard, who we've spoken about so many times on Track by Track for his work with Hot Chip and his work with The Two Bears uh, and his remixes for the likes of Melanie C. Um, and we will come on to talk about his solo album at some point, Electric Lines, uh, with Amy Douglas from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, worked with some phenomenal acts, including uh, Horsemeat Disco and Rasheen Murphy, as we'll come on to hear. And... Uh, this is another one of those episodes we've been very blessed of late to to catch up with some of our favourite uh, pop stars, new and old, to talk about their new albums. Obviously, we had Steps yep. and their Fire Alarm. We talked to Sea Fever about their debut album, which has just come out a few weeks ago itself. We've also talked to Saint Etienne, Pete Wiggs about I've Been Meaning to Tell You. I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> I've been wanting to tell I've you. I've been desperate to tell I you. I really want to tell you. Uh, and the latest one of these is uh, Hard Feelings. We were very fortunate enough to have some time with the fantastic Amy from Hard Feelings uh, a little while ago to talk through. Uh, we talked through this album, but we also just talked about life in general mm. uh, and Amy's time with Hot Chip in the UK so far as well. And it was certainly a lot of fun. It really was. So... Shall we hand over to ourselves with Amy in the past? So, Amy, welcome to Track by Track. Uh, Thank you. And welcome to London. How are you finding it? Oh, well, I mean, I, I love London. Uh, it's, it's great to return here, actually. I've been, I've been here a couple of times. Been here, been here a few times. Um, I would say that thus far this time, I, I'm sure eventually we'll see London, but I literally got off the plane and went right into rehearsals with Hot Chip. With Hot Chip, because of course, Hard Feelings, uh, yourself and Joe Goddard, you're opening for a Hot Chip show coming up, aren't you? That is correct. And that is why they decided to um, literally take my body bodily from the plane and <laughs> fling it right into Joe's studio, where I have quite literally been ever since getting off that plane. So you've literally done nothing else yet? Not seen anything? No, I, 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 well, that, that's disingenuous of me. All right. Here are the things I have done in London thus far since getting off the plane. And as you can see, I mean, I got off the plane, rehearse. Rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. More rehearsing. And then I went to XOYA um, on Saturday night to go see Hi-Fi Sean. So, Amy, tell us how you came to work with Joe. How did that collaboration uh, come to life? Okay. 
it, it was like a Christmas miracle, to be honest with you. I had a, a single called Never Saw It Coming on DFA Records. And that single did quite well in your country. Most notably because of the Crooked Man remix. And it made Bill Brewster's Spurred at 50. It was the number two. And it just started kicking Andrew Weather off. The late Andrew Weather. The Gov. Um, it reached his ears and he broke it at Convenanza Festival. And then it got into Bill Brewster's ears. And then from there, it was just, you know how the underground here works. So it gets in everybody's ears. And one of those ears happened to be Joe's manager. So Joe's manager, Nathan, who is now subsequently my, um, said, you gotta hear this song and you gotta hear this girl because I think you guys would be good together. And the next, I guess, I guess it must have convinced Joe because I woke up and literally on Twitter, publicly, which is not like Joe, as I've come to know. There was just a tweet that said, hi, Amy, can we make, you know, can we do something? And I thought I was hallucinating. <laughs> I really did. I was, I was like, you know, things were going really well. And I was, I was just so happy for the things that were going well. And then it's like, no, Joe, Joe, Joe Goddard, of, 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 really? Oh, we can make many things, Joe. Many, many, many things. All the things. It's such a great marriage because um, we've been big fans of Joe's work through Hot Chip and the Two Bears and all that kind of thing as well. But also we've talked about you on the podcast before. Um, last year, one of our top 10 or even top five tracks of the year was Rasheen Murphy's Something More, uh, which of course you co-wrote. So this feels like this was meant to happen. This meeting was going to happen from the end of last year. Writing, writing Something More for, for Rasheen um was was a magic moment it really was and it, and it, and it's a gift and by the way as we go track by track regine comes back into the story oh cool Ooh. a teaser yes <laughs> oh yes we're a happy family me mom and daddy like the romans <laughs> so shall we get stuck into the album we've got eight incredible songs we want to talk about them all so okay. side Let's go. one Track one, okay. this is Love Scenes. Amy, that is love scenes. One of the imperative things uh, about track by track, one of the things that we really honor and celebrate is an album and how an album works it. from start to finish. Bless uh, you for that. Bless you for that. Both of you, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Well, thank you for this album opener because it just, the structure of an album, the introduction to an album, it's also important for us. This oh, yeah. eases us in to this brand new Hard Feelings Project. Can you tell us a little bit about how Love Scenes came to be? Oh, sure. So Love Scenes, um, with the exception of Dangerous and Sister Infinity, the songs generally began with Joe sending me a track and then me writing to that track, melody and lyrics. And I'm a geek who plays piano, as you know, and 
I'm, I'm really convinced one of the reasons Joe and I were able to do the things we do is because there is something inherently natural in the way that man produces music that speaks very directly to the pianist and the composer in me. So even though I could have just listened to his tracks and written directly, I learned to play them at least intimately enough so that I would do the writing as I like to write, which is away from the track. Because to me, a song lives in the air. A song requires nothing more than a voice and your hands. Sun House proved that. The blues proved that. So I, I, I wanted to treat that with this respect. Now in the case of Love Scenes, that was one that Joe had sent me. And when I heard it and that sexy, slinky chug, that it does me. It reminded me very, very much of two songs very specifically. One being Depeche Mode's Never Let Me Down Again, and the other being Promises, Promises by Naked Eyes. And I know these are very vintage pop songs, but it's not that I wouldn't have chosen a modern reference. It's just that I think that's another thing. Like one of the things about me being like a big geek is that like I geek out on things I didn't get to have. We all do, right? We all, we all geek out on the things we didn't get. I mean, come on. Can you talk to any kid today, even today, even in 2021, and you look at some kid and go, hey man, would you have like wanted to go back at a time machine and maybe like hung out backstage at like 1972 with Led Zeppelin? Yes, you're going, <laughs> you're fucking going. Everybody wants to, doesn't matter what year it is. So like, I geek for the things I didn't get. And one of the things I didn't, was the best Brit Sophistapop years, glory years here when MTV was everything. And I, I couldn't have it. And I'd be as, as high as like the floor. And like these images would come all over the television set all day long of these fabulous bands from, I never heard of them. And one was cool than the next with a cooler haircut than the next better songs and better songs and that was another thing i felt like for a long time the brits y'all do this you fuck with us because you're like you don't appreciate what's yours now we shuffle with you i mean and you do <laughs> and you take over music for years you give us innovation elevation inspiration i know that all rhymes and i didn't mean for it to but it, it, it just <laughs> It's true. Like, I mean, whether I'm talking about Tears for Fears, whether I'm talking about Echo and the Bunnymen, all these bands I never got to see, all these bands I never got to experience firsthand. But God damn it, the, the, the little baby girl that was on the floor forming her opinions about, I, I think I love this music thing. I, I think this might, I think, I think, because whenever music would go on in the house, I would go into a trance. And also the dance influence stuff that was coming out of the UK, Dead or Alive. Yeah. Um, Erasure. All of the things that pertained a bit more to the dance floor. I was really fascinated. So when I heard Love Seeds, even though I know Joe is a, is a lot like me, we have our nostalgia freakout moments. They're really funny too. But ultimately, Joe is a man of the future. And even though the bones of his production very much speak to the pop writer in me. He's a modern producer and one of the greatest, by the way, in the history of pop music. I'd like to just say that for the record. Agreed. That should go in. 
there, I make a joke of like, well, there is a reason God is in his name. Um, so, <laughs> so, and he's, he's a genius and everything he does speaks to, and I heard love scenes and all I could think was, oh my God, this, this kind of reminds me of like Depeche Mode's Never Let Me Down Again. It's even in the same key. I have perfect pitch. So it's in the same key. It also kind of reminds me of Never It's got that slinky. So I was like, write that. Tap into that and write that. Give him that. And I gave him that. And obviously the subject matter is, yeah. Love. Well, I don't know if it's love, honey. It's love, it might be a very temporary love. Um, <laughs> that, might, that might be very, that might be a very temporary love. But I mean, it's more like about just having, you know, some fun. And you're in great company for, uh, for geeking out on bands like Depeche Mode. You're in great company because that's what we do on a weekly basis, so. I don't think people talk about Depeche Mode enough. I okay. don't. Yeah. It's amazing how a band could be so famous so genius, so celebrated, and so underrated at the same time. So let's move on to track two now, which is Dangerous. Dangerous. Now, this was the second uh, track to be released from Hard Feelings. Um, and I'm sure there's a story attached to how that came about. Oh, yeah. Well, Dangerous was one of mine. So this is a reverse. This is what happened. When Joe and I originally started doing Hard Feelings, we, we were thinking EP. And we again ain't got signed as an EP. And when the mixes came back, I guess someone at Domino Records was like, are you kidding me? No, 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 no. LP, <laughs> finish this. You can't yeah. just release this. This is wonderful. You, yeah, and of course, you're like, oh my God, thank you so much. I mean, you're just like blown away. But then they told us, could you give us all this by date? And Joe turned to me and went, Amy, have you any songs lying around that could use a spruce up of production? I went, do I ever? <laughs> I had, a, I had been in a project called SPF 5000. It was myself and a gentleman named Rob Phillips and another gentleman named Damien Gant, but most notably Rob Phillips did the production work and a lot of the songwriting with me. It was sort of like an electro scuzz project, like right at the tail end of like hardcore electro. And I sent it to Joe and he responded immediately to it. He was like, I could, I could. And that's exactly how that happened. It was sort of like saved. I had to come in there and, and throw some stuff around and be like, yeah, hey, I got songs, I got songs. I, I, because I do, I write them all day long, every day. So that is how that came to be. Now, to, 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 to Joe's credit. Now, the song we turned in was almost like a little bit of a nod, almost a future bass and dance hall. What Joe turned it into, no one else in the world could ever, ever, ever do that. It was so, 
and I know the funny thing is, is like he, he had all like these influences in mind and you hear them. It's just that every time I hear it, I'm like, this is genius minimalism that maintains grease and pocket and nastiness. It doesn't trip all over its own dick. Pardon mon français. <laughs> and it's just, I love, I love what he did. He turned that song into something I've never heard. And everyone freaked. And by the way, there's a surprise coming with it. You don't really think you've heard the last of Dangerous Oh, well, hopefully not. No. A sequel. Oh, no. Perhaps. No, 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 no. There's more coming. <laughs> okay. So was the was the recording, was the collaboration process very much like back and forward across uh, like Zoom calls and emails and sending? You're going to love this answer. And if you saw the documentary, I don't know if you saw the documentary, The Making of the Album, which is, there's a, I'll, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll send you the link for that. I think Joe and I wrote this album by telepathy. Hmm? We never once had one Zoom meeting. We what? never once had one phone conversation either. That's insane. We did it through email discussions that were very short. And you came up with I this. I know. This is incredible. Very you know sync. why? Yeah. Well, there, but there's a reason. The Force. It's the Force, Luke. <laughs> the, the, the truth of the matter is, I'm, I'm not kidding. And I asked Joe, I said, hey, Joe, look, you're a really smart dude. And, and, and I, I'm a smart girl, but you're, you're a different kind of smart. And, and you're very, very in tune with the elements. I, I have to ask you something. Do you have abilities? He went, what? So do you have abilities like second sight or um, do you have abilities? Do you see what I think? Nah, come on, Amy, that's silly now, girl. I went, no, it's not. It happened over and over again too. Um, he would send a track. I would hear this track and literally I would levitate into the air. I would say, I know exactly what has to happen here. I totally see what he needs me totally see what he needs me to do. And I would run downstairs and I would start banging away. I'd come up with the song, done, completed. I would send it back to him and wait to find out if the master was pleased with just, here is what I did, this is why I did it. That's it. And this is what would come back. Fucking hell, Amy, another one. This is fucking bloody <laughs> brand. I was sort of hoping you were gonna do something like this. In fact, I was, I was gonna advise, but then I don't like to advise you and I don't have to advise you. I said, and that is why I asked if you have abilities. <laughs> he goes, well, maybe it's you who has abilities. I said, maybe we both are. We're the wonder twins. Wonder twin powers activate. So this partnership you see is, uh, a, I don't wanna say it's magic because magic almost seems pithy. It's beyond magic. Mm. It's mind melding. It's, Vul it, it's Star Trek, it's mind melt, it's Vulcan rate. It, 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 it's, it, 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 it's a mind melt, it was like a mind melt. That's, that's how we did it. We, we, we wrote the cell by telepathy and then I got off the plane. I hadn't seen Joe in two years. What do you think it was like walking back in? Like it never ended. Walked in the studio, met Rob Smountain, member of Hot Chip, who is also playing with us, met the dudes. And we went into rehearsal and arrangement and it was just like making the album. We went through the first song and looked at each other and went, 
Well, that fucking sounds like we've been playing it for a million years. How we do that? And Rob behind us is like, I do say. And he's such a lovely man, Rob Smountain. I call him Super Rob. And you will see why he is Super Rob. He's a multi-instrumentalist and a genius. And he holds it down on every instrument. And Super Rob just, he has a lovely, lilting speaking voice, much like Joe, as you see. He, he's so polite and lovely, you see. And I'm, you know, this derelict from Brooklyn, you see. And they do, you know, it's, it's, it's almost unfortunate that I, I should be, you know, meant to have this, you know, affect and defect simultaneously, if you will. And of course, so Rob says, I do declare I've never played a song the first time round and it, and it sounded that way. I said, you know, I hate to say it, I, I've never had that happen either. She went, that was good. <laughs> well, we've seen a few hot chip shows and I think we're definitely excited to see a hard feeling show. Um, let's move I on to track three. <laughs> <laughs> I really am, I'm really excited about this. Great. So track three, this is one that I'm particularly excited to hear at the show. Uh, let's hear a bit of it now. This is Running Out of Time. Lately I believe the days are speeding up. I'm so time there uh, i said before i was particularly excited to hear this one it's because this reminds me of one of my favorite songs ever and one of my favorite songs to hear live ever and that is flutes by hot chip now i don't know if anyone else has mentioned that um but Nobody for me these, these are like cousins or second cousins twice removed or something like that but when i was listening to this song today i was like i could see myself in the festival field later in the day after a few ciders maybe, and just kind of losing my mind. Oh man, I, I, I must tell you what a compliment that is, thank you. First of all, I love that song too. That's one of my favorite hot chip songs too. No, nobody has. Um, in fact, believe it or not, this, this is actually, thus far we haven't done much talking about this track. So I am actually really happy because it's actually one of my favorites on the album. Um, running Out of Time is personal to me. Because when I heard it, um, it's funny when, when, what you think of. I thought of Walk Away by Donna Summer um, on the Bad Girls album. And you, if you don't know it very well, you should. It, Giorgio Moroder's amazing production. And it's got those, it arpeggiates and it invents that way. Um, but what I really, really wanted to do, you know, because it's so dramatic, as is a lot of hot shit music, was work off of the natural flow of those arpeggiations that were coming. I had a near-death experience three years ago and um, the comeback from it has been brewing and is, is even technically ongoing. Um, and I fought to live and I'm very grateful that I did. And the lyrics to that are about that experience. So, and the feeling like you know, death is right here, you know, and you're running out of time and you can't beat it. And we've had um, conversations with other artists before about how, how strange that is as an artist creating music to dance to and music to be sung back to you. 
must be a really strange feeling when you've kind of like poured your own story and your heart into this track and then you've got a room full of people who are dancing to it and and, and singing that oh, back to you. No, I love it. That's exactly what I hope for. I want them to dance. I want them to sing. I don't care that it was my pain. Let them take my pain and turn it into something glorious. What did I almost, what did I fight for? I didn't fight so that they would sit on their asses. <laughs> I fought to make music for that. That is the most glorious thing in the one I see somebody singing that song back to me. It was worth everything. And we'll be singing it back from the front row, I think. So track number four, let's have a little bit of uh, You Always Know. Then you stop trusting your footing. Then you stop caring altogether. Eventually to love means we all learn to dance in the dark. Put on our masks. Become... This is such a powerful track. Uh, what's the story behind this one? This song is a very important moment for me personally as well. And if not for Joe Goddard, I never have this moment ever. Joe sent me this track and he's had a letter with it. And Joe never gives me notes. But this time he did. He said, Amy, you know I don't like to tell you what to do, but I... I did have an idea with this one. And I got so excited that he watched me. Like, like, like I got so excited that like, this was like one of the few times we got on a Skype call because we were talking about something else. It was like the only time. And he said, did you get the track? I have a letter to you from it. And he said, I hope it's okay. I wrote down some ideas. I was so excited, I jumped up, hit my head. And like, he watched me, I was like, idea. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 if you don't like my idea. No, no, are you kidding me? I've been waiting for you to give me an idea. He's like, oh, but there hasn't been a need. See, but this is the only time I really do. He goes, what if we made this a spoken word poetry thing with a big hook? I went, you mean like Mo Money, Mo Problems for house music? He went, or or like Grace Jones's private life interpretation for house music. He went, yeah, like, exactly, like hip-hop. Big, fat chorus, spoken verse. He goes, I didn't think of it that way. That's a good way to look at it. I said, are you kidding me? I'd love to. I said, can I be evil when I speak? <laughs> <laughs> so you mean as evil as you like. Up to this point, we have the theme of our album. And this is the very first time. So I looked at his notes and what do you want him thinking? I took a walk around block. I went, because here's the thing, people don't know this about me. Like, I love to work any old way, but when I'm in the presence of genius and they say, I have an idea, oh, do I get excited? What's your idea? You know, it's, it, it's just like, because generally speaking, that idea is going to be something you haven't done before. And I want to do all the things musically before I hang it up. So I'm like, yeah, man, let's go. I was real into it. And so I was like, oh, I think that's the most brilliant idea. I can't wait to do that. I'm off. He went, <laughs> no, and he went, that a girl. <laughs> you know, he was just like, there she goes. 
And I had it, I, it was the only track I turned in same day. I think I turned it in two hours later because what happened was I went for that walk and I had like a talk with myself. I said, okay, Amy, this song, more than any others, it really demands that hook has got to literally punch you in the face so hard that the rest of the song can hang off of it. This is basically the reinforcements that mount the TV to the wall, so to speak. So this has got to be, boom, this has got to be beautiful people. This has got to be finally, this has got to be a house anthem worthy of Martha Wash, worthy of Jocelyn Brown, worthy of Lowly out of Holloway, worthy of, I'm like, it's got to be that, that, I have to write that. I have to write the song where the hands go up in the club because we're all going to church and we're all in the moment. We all feel the spirit. We are all in it together. I have to write that and then a poem. I got so excited <laughs> by the fact that I was going to have to do that. Then I ran home once I figured it out, ran right downstairs and got to work, wrote the hook. And what I did was I, I sent it part and parcel. I was like, Joe, here's the hook. And now I'm going to write the spoken word part. And here the hook and all there were were exclamation points. <laughs> he goes finish point i'll be back in an hour he goes oh no you don't have to i said i'll be back in an hour <laughs> in the mood i was like and i wrote it and all i could think about was grace jones i have i've got on my notes here grace jones is exactly what it reminded me of i love you for that all i could <laughs> think of was you know that whole way she does the whole uh, and your sex life fascination you're not my fascination. You know, it's actually complications. I'm not my fascination. What I love about Grace Jones, it's like Eartha Kitt, but more evil. It's like yeah. more evil Eartha Kitt was. And also she's Grace Jones. She's like divine goddess Grace. So all I thought was be steely and pointy and a little bit malicious. And you did it and you got it. Thank you. I, I am so happy you said that. Oh my God. I feel very, very, very good right now with you saying <laughs> the other thing I love about this one, because we do love picking out, uh, we, we love lyrics, of course, we love lyrics, we love music. Um, Ain't no table for two in a one-man show. Love that line. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. So let's move on to track number five, flipping over the vinyl for track one of side B. This is Take You Down. Nothing needed to happen at all. I almost turned it back and went, maybe this should be an instrumental because it's funky. And I'm not sure. Daft. Write a song. I went, okay, I won't be daft. I was in the hospital watching. My husband was getting an elbow um, surgery. He had tennis elbow. And uh, Harvey Weinstein was being taken down. And I went, there it is. That is what I'm going to do. I'm going to write a Me Too anthem. 
And that is where Take You Down is. I got eyes of fire. I got guns ablaze, boy. I can walk the wire, trip you up for days, boy. Anytime I want, I can take you down. That's our message to those motherfuckers who ever thought that they could do what they do to women. Keep us down, keep us second-class citizens for life, not pay us equal. Still not pay us equal. Still treat us like shit. And if you're a woman of color, heaven help you. And I say this as a message. We got to do better, us women who are not of color and be vigilantes and not just allies, vigilantes for women of color. Women of color must be protected, must be lauded, must be elevated more than anyone in this world ever. And, and this, you know, and this isn't where it ends. And obviously we know from rock culture, but this is a message that says, so help me. This is my line in the sand, motherfucker. And it's a new day, bitch. And we will take you down and we will galvanize. And we will not lie down anymore. And we will not be treated like this any longer. And the, the power does come through. The, the lyrics I've noted down here, I'm like Supergirl, I'm like Joan of Arc, I can rule the world. You can just, it's such a powerful message. I bite comes when I track. bark is the yeah. best part of that. That is good. <laughs> But it, it, it's so, um, like you say, again, it's a great upbeat track. You can imagine dancing to this. It's disco. It's The bass is bubbling. But again, like we said, with running out of time. It's such a strong message in it as well. I want this. We're not going to take it. That's what I wanted to turn that into. I want people to dance, but I also want people to put their fists in the air over and over again. So let's move on to track number six. This is about us. Someday this will all make sense. For now I'm torn in two. Not even time will recompense everything I gave for you. This is absolutely stunning and it comes at a brilliant time in the album as well as we're kind of three quarters of the way through. How much thought went into where the track sat? Because it does feel very connected. How much did you play around with that? A lot. You know, it, it, I, I would love to tell you there was a strong deliberation. But the truth is, this is what, our, this is what again, Nathan, our collective manager said, Joe, you write a sequence, I'll write a sequence, Amy, you write a sequence, and we'll try all three, and we'll see which one feels the best. And all three of us wrote almost an identical sequence. That's so cool. I love that. With the exception of a cup, to the point where, like, Nathan at this point is like, okay, I've got nothing to do with what's going on with the two of you, and how the hell is that? He goes, Amy, we're only one song off. Joe, we're only one. I said, we're only one song off of Pete. Jesus Christ, oh, identical, it was identical. It was like, we all put about us in the same place, all of us. Because we thought to ourselves, well, in, okay. I have done some discussing with press in the past about the fact that I, and the intention that Joe and I had was a loose concept album about a breakup much in the way that Fleetwood Max Rumors has that feel to it. Never mind what was going on in the band at the time that the band members were in fact breaking up and very bitterly 
and on drugs. Don't forget the drugs. Drugs make <laughs> everything better. Um, and, 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 and I mean, it was crazy. And of course, but, but even if you didn't know that, all of it feels like a breakup. You know, secondhand news, you start there. He's going, he's like, fuck this relationship and we'll go get mine. And then you got dreams next and she's all upset. She's wistful. What did I give all of this for? By the time you get to go with this woman, you're flattened. You're flattened. You're done. So with this, I thought, you know, we're kind of at the point of the, we, we all had a discussion. How did we all wind up putting this in the same place? We all had that same kind of feeling. It was like, well, at this moment, we feel like there's been a dust up. And now there needs to be something that happens after the dust up. And there's only two ways to go. Violent more, you know, like the dust up is now like, okay, you want a war? I'll give you a war. Like that moment in a, in a breakup. Or we've had a dust off of, but now you're all kind of gone up and you're looking your wounds. You're, you're thinking about it. You're contemplating things and you're feeling the feels. It's like the moment where you know it's over, where you've had this breakup moment and you're not speaking to each other. You're speaking to yourself at that point. You're off somewhere going, feel me on this. I don't know. I, I, I hope neither one of you either have experienced this or, or, and I hope you never do experience this, no matter who you partner up with, um, be them the lucky girl or the lucky boy, or both, if you're that kind of guy. Mm -hmm. um, there is always that moment where you go, how did this happen? How, how, I put so much time into this. I devoted myself, I gave myself, I was open. I did all the things. How did it fail? And then it's like, and what's wrong with me? And why can't I find love? You have the, and like about us, even though it's like, obviously also, you know, the lyrics that I wrote are obviously, you can tell she's had an affair, you know, or there's, or there's been an affair. I wanted it to be that feeling on the album that is a little more contemplative. Mm. And that moment where you have the talk with you. Because the next thing that comes is holding on too long. That is not a talk with yourself. <laughs> you are very much talking to a person. That is your dust up moment. That is your big rip it out, stomp on the ground. Well, should we hear a little bit of holding on too long and then talk about that? Because I think we've both oh, got a lot to say about that song. Uh, so here it is. Oh, okay. Penultimate song on this album, track seven. This is Holding On Too Long. So that was holding on too long. I think we love this, and the seven-minute album version of this song, it, I I just can't get enough of it. It's just an absolute anthem. Fantastic. It's the real one. I, I I always say if you if you don't hear the album version, you haven't heard this song. You have, my friend. Um, I, I'm very blessed. I have a friend at Columbia Records. His name is Sean Roberts. He is a genius in their dance music marketing department, in the promotional department. And the way he put it is, that is the fastest and most intense seven minutes of your life. To the point where it's over, it's like seven minutes went by. 
because we want we want to hold you by the neck on that one and suspend the time. I really appreciate so much that you said that because as far as I'm concerned, till you hear the full version, you haven't even heard it. I hate having to make radio edits of that song, but thank you for that. Not only is it uh, does it fly by because it is just, I would call that song a masterpiece, but also I feel like I've known this song my whole life and I felt that from the first listen. And I don't mean that in kind of like, in a like pastiche, it's not a pastiche of anything that came before it, but it just embodies so much music that I've heard of in my life from like 90s house music to like things that I love that Joe Goddard has done uh, since that. I It just I, feels right, doesn't it? It just, just feels right. <laughs> yeah. My God, I'm so moved. I'm, I'm beyond moved. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. But you, 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 you couldn't ask for more as a songwriter. And here's somebody say that, so thank you. I'm, I'm getting clamped. I'm like, oh God, I'm going to cry in front of these people. Oh God, it was all going so well, and then I cried. No, I'm just, I, I, but... Thank you for that. Um, that was the very first song we wrote. That is the song that kicked off the whole project. That is the first track I got by Jeff. That was it. And was it yes, always song. obvious that this had to be the lead track as well, that this had to be like the mission statement? of uh, uh, Absolutely. When he sent me that track, I saw my destiny. I don't think I've ever been handed a track like that. I knew that in that track, I was going to have to reach down and take the full net sum weight of everything I have ever done, wanted to do, aspired to do with a piece of music and finally do it. Meaning, this is a song that if you know nothing of classical structure, of, and I always talk about the opera part, but I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But like before anything happened, you know, he, he sent that to me and. It was just a track and I just stood up, like literally went, God, oh my God, I have to go, I have to go, I have to go, I have to go work. I know exactly what goes here. I wrote the melody for holding on too long in two hours, start to finish. I wrote the lyrics in five hours. So holding on too long was completely done in seven hours. I turned it in the next day with a, the longest email I ever wrote to Joe because we hadn't worked together before and we were establishing the rhythm. And this was probably the moment where we knew we would never need to have a conversation. I wrote a whole bunch of notes. I'm very used to that. My jazz background and my music school background, dissertation notes, explaining your theories. And this is how I came to this conclusion. Joe, please let me know what you think. I heard from Joe 15 minutes later flipping out, really excited. Oh my God, you didn't, you gotta be kidding me. Oh my God, like, like, like and, and, and Nathan going, you gotta be kidding me. And I was like, no, this is what came out. And if you guys are pleased, I'm telling you when I tell you that this thing literally flew out of me and, and drove, it drove, the song drove, the song always should drive, but it drove the whole, it was insane. It was insane. When I turned that in, I said, I don't know what's gonna happen after this moment, but I know I just wrote one of the greatest songs in my entire life. And I know I'll never write another song like this one. And what came next was a folder filled with tracks. 
<laughs> right then, Amy. Well, you've done one, so I reckon you should do more. Here's some more. Go have a go. I really look forward to hearing what you're going to do. Bye. That was it. That was how hard feelings began. And then from there, it was open season. I immediately was like, the melody of this must feel as paced and suspended as even like Vestila Jura from Pagliacci. It has to be paced. This, and also then the other side of my brain was, I need a main, I need a main theme. I need a theme. I have to think like a classical musician right now. I need a, a motif that I will return to. I need two. And I was like, I need to write this like Beethoven's fifth. Dun, 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 right? Dun, 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 I was like, and then there's the old segment. So I was like, you got to write it like that. You've got to have two equally strong melodic motifs that can be repeated over and over again that make you feel like you're going somewhere even though you're repeating something over and over again. And it can't be the same trick as like Afrobeat. It can't be that over and over again. It has to be this. And who, who when, when do you think you're gonna? So basically I'm like, I have to think like Puccini. I don't know how many people sit down and write a dance song go, I have to think like Puccini. <laughs> but I do, I do. I do, I don't care. You're gonna learn this about me more you talk to me. I hate genres of music, I hate them. I despise anything that keeps people apart I, 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 and I despise anything that separates. A great song is a great song and a great piece of music is a great piece of music and the genre is immaterial. There is only good and bad. There's a good song or a bad song. And for me, having to bring Puccini into pop music, okay? I, had, I, I really felt like I had to think in strongly in terms of repetition, theme, motif. Repetition, theme, motif. And then all of a sudden, as I was sort of doodling the melody out, and another one of those like moments where I sort of felt like somebody took a shoe and whacked me in the back of the skull with it. When it hit me that sweet dreams are made of this by Eurythmics also does the same thing. Two strong motifs. Sweet dreams are made of this. Who am I to disagree? Right? Motif one. Motif two is hold your head up, moving on. Keep your head up, moving on. Right? That's your second motif. There's nothing else in it. Oh, sorry, I, I, I apologize. Some of them want to use you is no different than the first melody, so that doesn't count. It's still the mm -hmm. first motif. There are two motifs. They repeat over and over again. And I stood up and I went, Joe and I should aspire to that. Your rhythmics were the greatest thing. Annie Lennox should be anointed and a goddess and should be canonized. And Dave Stewart should be canonized as well. Actually, Dave Stewart should really be canonized. Come to think of it, come to think of it, Joe Goddard kind of reminds me of Dave Stewart. <laughs> wait a minute. And then all of a sudden I went, oh my God, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then I started walking around the house. Going, but he also kind of reminds me of Vince Clark. <laughs> yes. Eurythmics, me and he. The bar was set so, 
as great as Yaz are, the bar, the Eurythmic set, has not been topped by any songwriting production duo, with the exception of Donna Summer and Georgia Oakley. Hasn't happened. So that was what I was, I was thinking of the Eurythmics and Puccini. <laughs> Two great tastes. It tastes great together. <laughs> So let's move on now to the last track uh, on the album. This is uh, Sister Infinity. Infinity there. Sadly, the last track on the album, but what a track to go out with. We've, well, I say we, you've mentioned Giorgio Moroda a few times through this episode, who's one of our heroes and absolute favorite producers. I know so canonized. much. Canonized Giorgio Moroder. Absolutely. Giorgio Moroder, in my opinion, dance music would be real fucking boring. Yeah. And then subsequently, all music would be real fucking more. I mean, what he did, even his soundtrack work. I mean, like, even that is not dance folks, like, you know, Midnight Express and stuff like that. Um, it just, he's such a genius. And yeah, obviously, very, very, very Marauder inspired track. Now, the story of Sister Infinity is this Roy Jean Murphy, here we go, who, with whom, for whom I had wrote, I wrote something more. Well, I had written a few other songs for her too, because when we would have songwriting discussions, the way it would work is she would tell me what she was thinking about terms of lyrics. And the thing about Regine is she's such a genius and she is such a fully masterful artist that when she has a discussion with me, she knows exactly what she wants and she knows exactly what she's talking about. And to work with somebody so formidable is wonderful for me. Because she's like, I want this. And I go, oh, okay. Well, have it something like this then. You know, because I love working like that. And we went back and forth. And originally this was going to be a duet that I was going to oh. sing with Regine oh, for her. Wow. But she got real busy with that album. She got real busy, especially with something more. And she went, I don't think I'm going to be able to record this the way it would sound good. She's like, why don't I just do it? And she goes, besides, you don't need me for this. You were just adding my voice anyway. So thank you, um, Regine. You know, we decided we would put this on the album as the closer. And um, the way all my friends put it is it's like ABBA being produced by Giorgio Moroder. Oh, the oh, dream. That would the be dream. incredible. <laughs> you know, that, 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 I mean, of course, but that's what they say Sister Infinity reminds them of. That it's what would happen if ABBA, uh, bless you, ABBA, and thank you for coming back, um, were produced by Giorgio Moroder. Yeah, definitely hear. You'll have to tell me what you think about that one. Oh, you can definitely hear this. The things I've written down that I love about this song, um, the, the synths are almost laser-like, which is a very Marauder thing, um, and the double hand claps as well. Just like, what a way to, to end an album with double hand claps. Mm -hmm. And Amy, as we come to the end of the album, what's happening next for Hard Feelings? Earth, Hackney, November 7th. Hard Feelings is opening up for Hot Chip and... I think that's probably going to happen a few times in the future. 
provided that I don't mess it. <laughs> and um, I, I want to, and, and I'm hot chip for being so generous. I, I can't believe how generous they are. This is one of the greatest bands in the history of music. The fact that I was in a room with them for the last couple of days rehearsing this still blows my mind. It still blows my mind that I did this. It still blows my mind that Joe asked me. It's, and it never won't. So the answer to that is world domination. Yes. One way or <laughs> another, if possible. Um, I, 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 we're still working out what that's, we're gonna look like live. We're gonna make more music in the future. It's, it's gonna be ongoing, but we're gonna launch this baby. I have to say, I do think it's you that's got the superpower though, because you said pretty much word for word a couple of tracks ago, um, about how a good song is a good song. That's kind of, we opened our first episode with something along those lines. And secondly, the next album that we're doing, which we're going to record after this and is going to be released after our Hard Feelings episode, is produced by Dave Stewart. So, oh my God! Telepathy going on here. Dave Stewart is a god. But thank you for taking the journey of the album with me. And I truly, truly, truly thank you for the beautiful things you had to say. They mean so much to me. I know I'm a foul mouth Pinterest, but I'm also a sentimental fool. So <laughs> well, thank, well, thank you for you. the album. Yes. Thank you very much. And, Thanks. Uh, best, of luck with it. best of luck with the shows and uh, look out for us on the front row. Well, we certainly had a giggle catching up with Amy from Hard Feelings. Uh, It's such a shame Joe uh, couldn't join us, but I know he was very tied up with last-minute preparations for Hard Feelings gigs, hot chip performances and and sets as well. Uh, Very busy man, and he's he's very perfectionist. (laughs) Unlike you. (laughs) Unlike me. With that sentence. Uh, but Amy more than made up for it. I just loved hearing about her inspirations, yep. about the people that the other people that she's worked with, uh, and just her fabulous life. I mean, I and I think we uh, fell in love with her before for her voice and for her songwriting and for her musicality. And I fell in love with her even more during that recording. I just want to go out on a night out with Amy. Let's make it happen. I don't think you've got the stamina for it anymore, I Dan. I hate to tell you. No, let's not bring up what happened to me last weekend, actually. That's a different story. Oh, yes. You got white wine wasted oh. and fell asleep in the bathroom. I did. I was woken up about three or four in the morning, made the half of the break into the ensuite, ensuite uh, and kick me awake. Oh, such a shame I wasn't around. <laughs> You'd have loved that, wouldn't you? I'd love to kick you awake. <laughs> uh, so do go and listen to uh, the Hard Feelings album. It is a joy. Yes, and look out for more than them. Amy teased that there's more to come from Dangerous and hopefully another album and a big tour next year uh, following the couple of live dates they've done recently. And do join us again soon for more new Track by Track episodes on Patreon, link in bio, and for everybody on podcasting platforms of your choice. So, until next time, I've been holding on too long. And I've been Joe Goddard. Goodbye. Bye. I was going to say, whatever's in the glass, if it's alcohol, drink up, baby. <laughs> gin. It's a large it's, it's gin. gin. <laughs> gin. Oh, what, is, what do you like? What is, which gin do you guys like? Which is your favorite gin? Uh, it's from the supermarket. It's from Aldi, if you know that one. So it's there. Oh, my God. I love you. <laughs> <laughs>
you guys are definitely going to party with me. <laughs> supermarket gin love it okay next <laughs> they're next. awesome love you both. should we move on to track oh god look I, I, i'm sorry your name is will is that correct yes yes will. will did i mow you over because you look absolutely like oh god this chick she's gonna <laughs> kill me are you okay yeah good i'm good <laughs>